It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Blues play on the left wing side. Blue Jackets in. It's Hurdle, Eklund, throwing it back to the point. Pouliot back in front. Eklund, backhand shot. He scores! First National Hockey League goal for William Eklund on a hard backhand shot after some great work. And that puts the Sharks back in the game. 9.36 to go in the second period. William Eklund gets number one. The score is the Blue Jackets three and the Sharks two. It's 0-0 zero, zero here. And now we've got the most exciting play in hockey and the supremely offensively talented William Eklund is all by himself. Let's see what he does. He takes off. He moves in rather deliberately. Now he's to candles in. He waits. He shoots. He scores! William Eklund celebrating with the fans as he turns away from the net. What a spectacular goal on a penalty shot. His second career goal, and the Sharks lead this game 1-0 at 118 of the third final period. 3-12 left in this second period. 2-1 lead for the Barracudas. Clerman tumbles over Eklund. Kind of a rugged shift for Eklund, and he's hurt. William Eklund is hurt right now. Clerman just absolute abuse out there. No penalty called, and Eklund Ends up getting tangled up, and he is hurt. And he looks like he's in a lot of pain, hunched over. So we assume it's some sort of upper body situation. That is not a good sign, so hopefully it's nothing. Oh, welcome, welcome, everyone, to the buildup as we get ready for today's game against Arizona. And yeah, unfortunately, it was something for William Eklund. He goes down with that shoulder injury and now is having season-ending shoulder surgery or already had it, I should say. It was deemed successful, so that is the good news. But this is an unfortunate turn for William Eklund, who you know went down to the Barracuda to help them in their playoff push, was hopefully going to be playing in some pretty big games, and now is done for the season. And his offseason obviously changes now. He's got to work on getting healthy and work on getting that shoulder right. And then, you know, guys get injured. This is the way the NHL goes. I'm not trying to say that it's any other way. Like you, you have the best of the best who get injured and you have the, you know, journeyman guys who get injured. This is a part of the NHL. Not everybody is Patrick Marlowe and we don't know if William Eklund will never get hurt again. It's just the nature of the game. It's a physical, brutal game. It's unfortunate. Um, I know that some people immediately had the reaction of, oh, well, this is what we were worried about. This is why he was, you know, dropped in the draft. He was slight. Like, I don't, I don't buy any of that. These guys... You can make yourself strong, you can make yourself big, and hopefully this will give William Eklund time in the weight room to continue to grow and make himself a bigger, sturdier player. you got to find the silver lining, right? You know, it's the positive within the negative. What will this allow William Eklund to do? Hopefully allow him to be off the ice and turn into a bigger, stronger individual overall. And again, that is the immediate positive that I can see. Not that I'm defining this as a positive situation, that's just my overall take. Like, okay, what can William Eklund do to turn this negative into somewhat of a positive? And again, if he's not burning those calories out there on the ice the same way, if he's rehabbing that shoulder, this can allow him to eat and lift 
and grow. And I think that's a part of his game. I don't want him to lose any speed. I don't want him to, you know, start looking like a you know power lifter or anything. I just want him to put on some more upper body mass, gain some strength, and have that much more of the possibility for longevity in his career as it does go forward. And I don't think that's a crazy ask. I don't think this is some wild take to have. But, you know, unfortunately, the injury happens, and we're going to hear a little bit more uh, coming up from head coach David Quinn about all this in a little bit. But, you know, this, again, is life in the NHL. It is unfortunate. I wish it hadn't happened. Um, But, you know, this is what you got to deal with. And we got a chance to see Thomas Bordelow the other night. I thought that in registering a point, he looked like an NHL player. And Henry Thrun, the way that he had played, I thought that he looked like an NHL player. Now, that doesn't mean they're complete products. That doesn't mean that they don't have a lot of room to grow. But my take when I was watching these guys and seeing what we could get out of their game, you know, Thrun had two points. Bordelow had one point. If you're contributing in an NHL game, the minute you get out there on the ice, that should make you feel good. That should make the coaching staff feel good. That should make all of you as fans or us as fans, I should say, feel good. Because I know that every time a prospect comes up, you want to see, can they handle themselves at the NHL level? Do they look out of place? Do they look scared? And I didn't see any of that. Now, again, room to grow, clearly, for both of them. But to come in and be able to contribute immediately, that to me is always going to be a good sign. And we do have more reinforcements coming up from the Barracuda. Kyle Criscolo and Daniil Gushin are both coming up. Criscolo, 30 years old, acquired by San Jose in a trade with the Red Wings back on January 18th. 25 points in 54 games in the AHL this year. And then Gushin, he's the much younger guy, 21 years old, rookie with the Barracuda, 36 points, 16 goals, 20 assists in 61 games, tied for fourth in goals and assists and points on San Jose and leads all team skaters in shots. One back of the AHL lead for rookies, he's taken 179. And his four shootout goals this season are tied for second most in the AHL. Last year, Gushin played with the Niagara Ice Dogs in the OHL. Now, Chris Colo has played at the NHL level before, although I will admit I do not have a great memory of his overall abilities. Uh, but I am curious to see what Gushin can bring to the table. And anytime you get one of these young players, a 21-year-old guy, you want to see if they can be a contributing factor for the team going forward. And I don't know if they're trying to assess him for the NHL level or just see what his growth level has been since he's come into the Sharks or what. But, you know, they don't make these moves just for nothing. They have something they want to look at. And I am curious to see what exactly these guys can bring to the table. And especially now that you have, you know, nothing to play for, you got to get your looks at guys while you can. I'll be curious to see if at some point we do see Shakir Makhmadoulin come up and play with the Sharks. But, you know, that's all wait and see, right? Like we have to see what exactly they want to do. We have to see who exactly they're going to bring up because, you know, there's just there's a lot that's going on right now at the end of the year. And I know that there is, quote unquote, nothing to play for in terms of the playoffs, but Guys are still playing for pride and guys are still playing to show everyone what exactly they do. And I appreciated those wins, you know, earlier this week, especially, especially the one against Vegas. I mean, that's just, again, if you didn't hear any of my interview with Mario Ferraro, I'm going to play a little bit of it for you here now, just because I asked him about the leadership and the guys of watching, um, you know, Logan Couture have such a cool moment to win that game the way he did. It was a great play and a great moment. All right, we've got Mario Ferraro after a very nice Sharks win over Vegas tonight. Um, just looking big picture, man. Like, you're part of the leadership core of this team now. Watching Logan Couture do that tonight to win the game, just that that moment, what was that like watching from your perspective? Yeah, um, you know, that is 
is pretty standard uh, from a guy like him. Um, he holds himself to a high standard, and and you know he puts a lot of good pressure on himself to to be the best version of himself that he can be every night. And he's uh, you know he's been a huge part of this organization and this team for a very long time. And uh, you know this year is obviously no exception. He's always looking to grow and and, mm -hmm. and be better as a player. Even you know at the the number of years he's been in this league. Um, you know I look up to, to Logan a lot. He's uh, he's one of my my best friends on on the team. I've grown to be very close with him, and uh, just his his compete in his work I think every night it goes a long way um, that's what makes him you know such a good leader that's what mm -hmm. that's why he's got the C uh, on his jersey and um, you know we need more guys to, to follow in, in, in those footsteps it's a it's definitely a hard uh, <laughs> it's a hard performance to to match up to because mm -hmm. of how exceptional he is but um, his his like I said his constant work ethic his his desire to be better and to help this team win and he just does whatever it takes it's not about goals it's not about assists you know he'll block shots he'll make mm -hmm. hits he'll forecheck and you know he's always you know he's always dialed in so we're, we're lucky to have him as our leader I always just think about the fact that you know I can go back to the start of the 2019-2020 season when you were new and like mm -hmm. you quickly made your way up with this team to be wearing the A on your on your sweater you've gotten to learn from Brent Burns and Logan yeah. and Jumbo and Carlson and Marlowe and like I think that's probably what makes part of this team so frustrating this year is that you guys have great leaders, great players. Obviously, the results haven't gone your way, but you've still got this fight this late in the year. You know, like to me, yeah. that it says a lot about what the mentality of the team is, mm -hmm. even if there have been so many just painful losses this year. Like you guys are still fighting to win these big games yeah. here at the end of March. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's something that I can definitely say about this group is that, you know, despite, you know, our position in the standings, we've always given it a good effort. Um, win lose we've always had good intentions to go out there and compete as hard as we can and um you know i'm still working at i think this year's a big challenge uh mm -hmm. for our leadership group uh myself as an individual especially um you know i think it's it's challenged us to be as positive as we can to come to the rink and and it, with the mindset to get better to to learn that this is or to to help us grow and, and get better in the future um it may not be our year this year um mm -hmm. come playoff time but um hopefully it will happen at some point in the near in the near future and in order for that to happen it needs it requires us as leaders to to uh <laughs> is this your song <laughs> that's uh that's a good that's a good song that's the kind of that's the kind of fire up music we need in the locker room. That's, um, anyways, but yeah, uh, it's it's a good learning curve for myself and the and other individuals on this team. And uh, you know, I I look. I am motivated to become an even better leader um, with my play on the ice as well as, you know, um, who I am as a as a teammate off the ice as well. Watching Thrun get his debut tonight, um, I saw Logan already had the nickname for him, called him Thrunner. Yeah. Were you all, do you still think about, like, how short it was ago that you were making your debut? Like, did you yeah. talk to him about that at all? Did you tell him, like, hey, man, just be chill, go out there, play your game? Or yeah. did you not want to say anything? To be honest, like, I, I, I didn't talk to him about it because I, I feel like it – it's less you're less nervous when you hear it you know mm -hmm. like he's a part of the team now and it's just like any other teammate in this room um we treat him with the same respect we treat him with the same um mentality so uh i just want him to feel like he's a part of it and obviously it, there's con say congratulations yeah. first point first game but i think that as far as for me as an individual i think i would feel less nervous if le guys weren't saying as much yeah. and he definitely he was great. He didn't show any nervousness out on the ice. He, mm -hmm. he, he performed really, really well tonight. And um, I look forward to 
to you know see, to see what he can he can do for this team in the future. It happened so fast with you though because you broke camp. You went through the training camp and then you were with the team. So I guess maybe there was more of like a natural segue. Like, mm-hmm. do you, do you remember the guys say stuff to you before your first game? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I had, I was, <laughs> I, I like to say that I was lucky to be pretty close with a lot of the guys even before the, the first game. Uh, <laughs> Bernsey, Jumbo, um, I didn't meet Patty until about five games and he yeah. came to the team. Uh, obviously, Cooch, I went out for dinner with him a couple, or once or twice, Goody. I had a good group around me, so yeah. I had guys saying stuff and, and uh, <laughs> it was all, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was at, we played in Vegas for my first game, so it was, um, it was like the whole show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was very fortunate um, for that. But, yeah, I had guys. I had guys yeah. Stuff. No, it's just it's interesting, man, because, like, I look at, you know, you got boards out there. got yeah. Thrunner, as Cooch is yeah. called, because now it's going to be stuck in my head. But, like, as frustrating as this year has been, I'm mm-hmm. sure that you saw a bit of a vision of next year as well. Like, I know that you're focused on closing out the season strong, and obviously mm-hmm. you guys are proving that. But mm-hmm. I would imagine it's hard still not to think about, like, man, I can't wait till we get – a fresh start next year and mm-hmm. prove ourselves for what we think we're capable of. Oh yeah, um, I'm always excited uh, for for any time we get to play. But for sure, um, you know, I'm sh- a lot of guys in this room want another opportunity. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know our, our playoff chances are are eliminated, but that doesn't stop us from wanting to get better for next year. But right. we definitely do look forward to that fresh start because mm-hmm. we we all, everybody in this room has something to prove, um, and it starts with team with team aspect. And you know, the further we go as a team, the, the more things. You can accomplish as individuals, and um, I think it just says, uh, you know, it says it says well for our, for our group that we have here in our mindset. Well, Mario, man, great game, great win, and I appreciate you. your time as always. And I'll see you again soon. All right. Thanks, I appreciate it. So yeah, I thought that was some really cool insight from Ferraro to talk about the leaders that he's worked with and talk about just you know where the team's mentality is going forward. Which I, you know, I think it's important to see where exactly these guys are at. All right, let's get into some sound from head coach David Quinn speaking this morning uh, with media availability. He was asked about why Gushin and Criscolo are coming up. Well, both have had good years down there, and obviously, you know, Kyle got here a little bit later, but, you know, Gushin's had a good year down there. He's energetic. He's got skill. I uh, thought he earned this opportunity, and Kyle's been a real good addition for us down there. So, you know, you're trying to reward guys for playing well, and that's why they're here. And he was asked about Gushin's game. I bumped into him a few times, really haven't had, you know, many conversations. Obviously, you're coaching your team and you're giving the crew to their space. But, you know, I certainly like him a lot in camp. And, you know, he plays at a pace. He's got skill. And uh, I'm anxious to see him in his first real NHL game. I think all of us are excited to see him in his first NHL game because, again, you want to see what these guys are capable of. And, no, the circumstances might not be great. And this is not going to be a, um, a pretty game tonight by any means. But, again, you want to see – of these guys, of these young guys, what they can do when given their opportunity. And then when they are given that opportunity, can they take the ball and run with it? You know, can they can they skate with the puck, for lack of a better term? But, like, do they show you that they want to be part of the answer? Do they show you that they want to be part of the solution? This is what I frequently come back to. That's why I'm so intrigued by watching Bordelow and watching Thrun, watching Gushin, all these guys that have these opportunities because – what do they do with that opportunity? What do they try and make the most of? That's what I am most intrigued by, and it is what I am excited to see tonight. Quinn was also asking about these guys coming from foreign countries like Gushin and now you know, having to make that transition to the American lifestyle, learning the language and things like that. Yeah, you know, I think you have to take time to really appreciate uh, what these guys go through and the sacrifices they make when they do at 16, you know, come over to a new country and forget the hockey piece, just the life challenges that they face and 
you know, even Mark Madulin's facing that down in with the Barracuda. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I think sometimes we lose sight of the impact that can make on a player and how it can affect their play. And, you know, for him to come over here and chase his dream and, you know, not be sidetracked. And it's pretty remarkable, really, when you think about it. And it's something that I think everybody like us takes for granted because we already live in the United States. We already live the language and live the culture and we understand it. And yes, I understand there are definitely people in the Bay Area of all places that have lived that life, have come and had to learn another language. And those fans are probably much more understanding of how difficult the situation must be because I, I can't imagine it's one thing that you guys all speak the same language when they're out there on the ice. You understand you're all working to get the puck in the back of the net and keep it out of your net. But you know, you need the social component. You need to be able to have friends. You need to be able to get to know guys on your team. And if you don't speak the language, and, you know, we're lucky that the Sharks do have fluent Russian speakers already here, but, you know, that's not the case everywhere you're going to go where there might only be one guy. And then you end up being kind of stuck with them. And then it's that's a tough road to go down. And I uh, give these guys tons of credit for being able to do that at this point of their lives. And, you know, 21 years old, I was living with a bunch of good friends in San Diego. We all knew each other. We all spoke the same language. It was a large social group. I can't imagine being tossed into a situation where I was in another country where I didn't know anybody nor the language and was trying to learn everything. I mean, I just, that would be wild. Chris Golo also spoke with the media. He was asked about, you know, what he's learned about his game improvements and how it's been for him in San Jose as opposed to when he was with Detroit. Uh, I think just uh, the coach has been pretty clear with me what my role is when I got here and, uh, just kind of talking me through stuff and, and the way that we play. I think we play an aggressive style and uh, I think it suits my game well. And uh, just getting in on the forecheck and creating some offense that way has been, it's been good for me. And he was also asked the question that I'm often referring to and viewing this as an opportunity. Is that what his overall viewpoint is? Yeah, it's obviously a huge opportunity. Uh, anytime you get a chance with the big club, whether it's three games, two games, whatever it is, you uh, uh, want to put your best foot forward and uh, make an impression. I, uh, Cross paths with a couple of the coaches here, but uh, they obviously haven't seen me on a, on an NHL sheet uh, in, in quite a bit. So it's, uh, it's a big opportunity, and uh, I'm excited for tonight. And he was also asked what he thought of Daniil Gushin's game. Uh, he's, he's a game changer. You know, he can score at, uh, at a moment's notice. He's a guy that's a really good shot and high-end skill. I think when he gets into space, he uh, he creates a lot. So it's uh, it'll be fun to watch him tonight. I think he... Uh, He's excited for the opportunity, and he's uh, he's a great kid. He's going to work hard. He's going to do whatever he can to help the team win. So I'm excited for him to uh, get his first one. So pretty fun stuff there, and I like that these guys are getting opportunity. I like that Daniil Gushin's going to make his debut. I like that we're getting a look at guys who might have a potential future with the Sharks next year and beyond. I mean, I don't know exactly what the plan is for both these guys beyond them getting a look, but a look is a good start, and that's exactly what you want to have this be, a start to something longer term, and hopefully they can give us something to be hopeful about as we get you know, looking towards the future, because right now, as I've said this many times, and I don't mean to be repetitive, but we do think about the future a lot. We do think about what is coming up next for this team and what is coming up next for the Sharks. And there's a lot of things that are going to happen in the offseason. There's a lot of moves that are yet to be made. There's a lot more work to be done for Mike Greer and his staff and for David Quinn and his staff. And part of that is talent evaluation. And there's no better evaluation than putting these guys in there at the NHL level to see how far and or close they are to being products that they can use on the ice. And I don't mean to sound so cold about it, but I mean, that's just what it comes down to. It's like, are you ready to take that next step or not? And that's what you have to do to maximize the remainder of this year. Get a look at Bordalo, get a look at Thrun, get a look at Gushin and Chris Golo. If he's going to be part of that as well, that'd be great. Get a look at him, but see who can be a contributing member of the team 
for the upcoming future. Because yes, there are greater, longer-term goals that we all want to talk about, but right now, you got to figure out how you can take steps forward heading into the next season. All right, we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 6.30 for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. I will see you all on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.